Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor Live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan, I am excited to discuss the Miami Heat's 110-107 victory over the Washington Wizards with none other than my friend, dear friend, Miami Heat beat host, producer, owner, whatever you want to call yourself, the face of Miami Heat beat Giancarlo Navas is with us uh, on tonight's stream. So super dope. It's, It's admittedly weird still for me to be the host of a show with you because you're usually running point guard. So um, it's, it's a little, it's going to be like Dwayne and LeBron a little bit. We're going to have to hand the ball off, but we're going to figure this thing out. Uh, excited to talk about another heat victory. It's never easy to get to against the same team at home. Before we dive into that, talk about uh, kind of our 20 game takeaways. I think that that's an appropriate way to go down that uh, path. But before we go uh, through some of those things, want to, give a major shout out to one of our sponsors here for the post game show specifically. And that is a aggressive insurance. If you're looking for an insurance broker agency in South Florida, they've been servicing that area for over 15 years. They offer auto homeowners, condo insurance, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to all their clients. They represent all the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, No problem. No driver refused. Free phone quotes. Call Lynette or check out her website, insurancebylynette.com. Major, you want to go to the website. That's a great place, great resource, but also 954-581-8800, insurancebylynette.com. Check her out, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, A Aggressive Insurance. All right, G. What's up, man? How are you doing? First off, what's up, bro? Listen, happy, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, listeners, to you, your beautiful family, to Ethan, to everybody at Five Reasons. Feeling good, man. Thankful for this win. Thankful for a Kyle Lowry four-point play propaganda spreading time. Uh, lots to get into today. I think there was a lot. I, I think specifically we were texting before the game. A lot, uh, I think, relevant to what we were talking about. Uh, interesting stuff going on with them. And, and I thought tonight unlocked some of the, the more promising elements of their team. Uh, not, not too much to take, you know, positive to take from, from this rough stretch, but I think tonight revealed some of the positives. All right. So, you know, where we're starting because it's the homie, no ceiling, bam out of bio. And y'all, you know, people have been coming after me about the fact that I threw that nickname out there and, um, and, and they can be pretty ugly about it. I'm still calling Bam out of bio no ceiling, considering what he does on defense when he fla- when he flashes like this. 15 of 22, 38 points, 12 rebounds. That's just the counting stats. Has nothing to do with when you watch the impact of the game. Um, particularly like Bam, and then I want to dive into Caleb a little bit, G. Like 
seeing these guys in the roles that they're playing with this particular group and what they're having to do, uh, how much of that do you think can be unlocked when the regulars are back? Is that like unrealistic to even think that they can do that? Um, I'm just interested to hear how you think they can integrate some of this stuff in when you have Jimmy Butler and, you know, you have a full cast of characters. I think for sure. One of the things is they were like super five out and they were really, they were really committed to the five out, even if it's Highsmith screening and rolling. And obviously when Bam is the screener and he's rolling into space as a playmaker, I thought the cutting was especially good, which I think early in the season, I think guys are just trying to move because it is a new, as, as much as these guys have played together, they're all playing new positions and new roles. So the cutting has been a little weird, like opening play of the game. Kyle runs a side pick and roll. Bam's rolling. Caleb cuts from left to right. Tyler screens for him. Tyler springs free. He gets a, he gets a short roll pass from Bam. And then Bam kind of goes back to the basket and ultimately gets a, gets an alley-oop for, for like the first play of the game. That's the kind of stuff that they didn't have early. And I think these guys are figuring out how to roll. Jimmy, you know, maybe not so quietly, not a bad shooter this year, you know, and I think that, you know, like if he's going to, if they're going to play more five out and if you're like, yo, Jimmy, in the corner space a little bit if you're not screening or in the action and if you're wide open you take it and if you if not you attack that closeout why can't they replicate some of that stuff the caleb kind of stutter dribble change of pace that feels a little bit real bam we know listen Leif, we know this is not new to us we know that he has this the J, the pick and roll finishing that last one that really high arcing he's a finesse guy with the left what he's doing stuff with the left, bro. My man was coming down the court on his KD. He went coast to coast on the dribble, did a little between the legs crossover and pulled up. I was like, who am I watching? Right. You know, I mean, now you know why the heat consider him untouchable. And uh, you're right. Like this, this was a game where they had to rely uh, again. There were basically five guys who played heavy minutes as I'm watching, as I'm looking here at the box score. Uh, Tyler had an interesting game and I think it has, has to do with rest that he's not shooting well, but really distributed. I thought he had a good floor game. Um, and their commitment to the zone is unbelievable. It's funny to see them try to make it work no matter what. Uh, but it disrupted things just enough here. What, what, how many turnovers did Washington get? 12. So I guess, you know, that's not that that's, that's not what I actually expected. Um, they didn't shoot well. This is a game they could have easily lost. What I mean, what was the primary difference you think in the second half that allowed them to kind of take over? Because I felt like Washington had control of this game a lot in the first half, and then it, it you know it flip flop as as the game came to a close. Their defense, I think, more than anything, the defense has been the weird part of the season because we're used to the offense coming and going, even when You're they're pulling right. good. The defense has just been. I mean, what are they on the year? They're like. They're four, they're 13th on the year, which is a little better than last week, but still like, that's not Leif, That's not Miami heat basketball. They don't, they, they're not felt. And I think kind of in the second half, they committed to a little bit more physicality. I don't think it's a coincidence that they don't foul a lot anymore because they, they have under Spo have always been a very foul heavy team. This mm-hmm. year has been different. They don't foul. I do think that's part of the zone. And I do think it's part of, they're not being as physical and as felt. I thought tonight they racked up the physicality. I don't mind when dudes are picking up a bunch of fouls. Uh, you know, you know, Kyle's always in there. Tyler was was being pretty physical. It's the stupid ones that you don't want, the bailout ones. But I thought they got a little bit more 
kind of physical. They played the zone a little bit more to their strengths. Obviously, I thought that they adjusted the rotation. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't have numbers or anything, but it just felt like they were staggering stuff a little better. And I thought they were playing, you know, and I think it let Tyler kind of find his game more toward the end. You know, he hit a couple of big shots. You know, he was really, really struggling, especially when he was the only ball handler out there. Yeah. So I think kind of stapling him to Caleb for a little bit, kind of kind of give him some breathing room. So I thought that was most of the change in the second half. And, Wash, you know, the one thing I thought was interesting was Washington started to trap Lowry in pick and roll. And I just thought that I don't – why are teams doing that? Because Washington in particular has been doing it, and I'm like – that dude's beating the trap every time. And, well, whatever. It may be Highsmith rolling to the basket. I felt and, like Charlotte did it, too. Yeah. No, teams do it. And I, I think they figure, okay, well, we're going to get the ball out of your one competent ball handler. And we're going to make Haywood, Highsmith, and Jamal Kane make plays. But credit to those guys. Played really hard. Missed a couple gimmies. But I, I thought huge to them for kind of taking advantage of those opportunities. So the bench has been a big indicator for this team. Uh, last I checked, uh, I don't have the stat in front of me and who cares about the stat. Usually when this team bench, when, when the bench outscores the opponent's bench, that does good things. Uh, tonight they had uh, a lot of contributions. Even Dwayne Dedman stepped up and had some moments there. Um, you don't necessarily need to wax poetic about Dwayne Dedman G, but <laughs> Haywood Highsmith played a big role tonight. Jamal Kane had his moments. He, f- he looked like, uh, for my old school heat, uh, fans out there, Mark Strickland uh, used to jump out of the gym to grab rebounds. That looked like Jamal Kane tonight, and then Drew Smith had a, a, even a productive uh, 15 minutes. I, I, I guess that, and that was a weird transaction that took place right before the game. Uh, closing thoughts on how they defended Bradley Beal. Kyle Kuzma was a guy who played really um, good in both games. I guess from a scoring perspective, I'm interested to pick your brain. Um, cause we were not going to spend a ton of time on this Washington game. So I'd love your closing thoughts, but particularly on Beal and Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma, because, and here's the hook to all of this that ties about Miami heat bow right around it. How do you think he would fit? There's been some Zach Lowe stuff floating around on podcasts about Kyle Kuzma being available. What do you think he would look like in a Miami Heat uniform with this particular team? So uh, how they how they closed on Beal and Kyle Kuzma as a fit in Miami? Okay, so I'll start with the I'll start with the Beal stuff. Um, he, you know, he had a good game tonight. I, I don't think Miami made themselves felt against him. And I think if you watch kind of their zone against Lillard, a lot of physicality, a lot of hands, a lot of jumping out, showing hard on the pick. At the end of the game, they were just giving him the Tyler matchup, which I think earlier in the season, they were doing this thing where they were just not, they were either pre-switching, right? So like they, they kind of pre-switch before the screen comes so that you can't manipulate the matchup as easy. And all of a sudden, you know, you have 14 on the clock and you don't really have time to kind of organize what you want. And I thought that was kind of successful for them. They've gone away from that and they're just letting the matchup and, and a little bit of kind of what we're used to. Uh, no help on the back line, which I think is a, Pretty, pretty unacceptable considering, you know, you have Bam in the game, but credit to Washington for kind of stretching him out. You know, obviously Porzingis is a shooting five. So I think tactically it, it was difficult for Miami. And when you don't have Jimmy in the game, you know, you lose that guy at the nail who can kind of come in and either stunt on the drive or help on rotation. Because now that rotation, that guy is really, really small. It's either Hero or Lowry. And yeah. 
you know, so when when you when your big is out of the play and you have your only wing is Caleb Martin, you're not getting any help on that backside. So if your man Tyler gets beat, which he will, you have no help, no resistance, and either you have to load up on the ball, which that's one swing pass away from a disaster, which Miami is leading the league and allowed three points pointers this year. And that's partially why. So stuff like that. So not the best job defensively on Beal. And it's why you kind of want Bam in those actions. But if a team kind of moves a shooter to another place, you, you have to be more active in getting Bam on defense. Is that, uh, I mean, is that a particular moment? I'm sneaking in a, a sidebar here uh, where, where we really, and, and you, you've mentioned it multiple times and it's not something that we've said specifically on five in the floor. And I really want to credit you for it because it's so true. This team has not been felt enough by others. And uh, is this a scenario where PJ Tucker is particularly missed as you described the way that, that they had to, you know, like you're talking about these small guys that they either can't cover enough ground or if they even make it there, they're just too small to make a I difference. Felt, yeah. uh, so PJ Tucker, like this is a particular scenario where a guy like him is missing. Am I right? Absolutely, because you can put the, the what made PJ so special is PJ wouldn't only guard wings. They put him on guards. So if your guard is triggering the offense and you need a screen, you're not going to guard guard screen because that's just too easy to switch. And you're giving Miami what they want. And if you switch, if you if you screen with a with a big, well, now you're inviting Bam into the play. I mean, PJ would defend like Tyrese Maxey. Right. So if like you want to run Maxi and Bead pick and roll, well, you're getting a switch. And Miami's okay with PJ on Embiid because they're just going to send help. So you kind of lose that dynamic. It just doesn't work with Caleb as much. And you want Caleb on guards anyway. Like your goal is like, I want Caleb on a guard, not not the other way around. So yeah. absolutely. And that's why, kind of leading us into Kuzma, I think he's a great fit for them because he provides that physicality, the size. The, the, the ability to defend smaller guys, he won't do it as well as PJ, but the but he'll be better on offense and he'll be able to kind of defend smaller guys, switch on to bigger guys or be on bigger guys and switch on to smaller guys. You can play Caleb at the three more, which I think if tonight is any indication, that's what works, right? We see him it's play true. The, the last couple games with Jovic in the lineup. He's been playing the three and he looks better. And Leif, if you need a couple backup four minutes, he can do that. The problem is, their entire game is back up four minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if, you know, Kuzma, I love his game. I think defensively he's fantastic. He fits into what Miami does. They want versatility on defense. They don't like, they don't like investing in, on defensive players. Like Hassan was a weird case for them because he was a strictly, he was a very strict drop big and they catered their entire defense around that. And you saw how it took off when Bam became the starter. They traded for Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, and they're like, we want as much versatility and mobility on the wings and inside as we can. Kuzma, not a great shooter, 33% for his career, 30 this year, 34 last year, 36 the year before. You know, that doesn't move me. But you need uh -oh. something. Are, are you are you about to change your take? No, I, I, I like mid sentence no. here. <laughs> I like him, and I I do think that he'll get good looks. I think that they need something. Obviously, the package has to be right. I I am not of the opinion that they should just trade their only salary pieces or or trade their only you know things to get marginally better this year. Because I think if you're gonna you know if you're the Heat, I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot. You know you have a bunch of extensions coming up. 
You got Hero, yeah. you got Bam, you got Jimmy. You have whatever's left on Duncan's deal. Obviously, Kyle's going to expire when Jimmy when Jimmy's extension kicks in, which is convenient for them. And I, you know, Andy's smarter than a lot of people, so they know what they're doing on that end. But you really have to think about the guys that you commit to. You got to be sure about because you're running out of room to really reshuffle. And you could be the Blazers, and you could take a couple weird moves, and that takes a season to kind of show itself. Because remember, they traded Covington. And, and they traded Norm Powell, and everybody kind of made fun of them, and it's kind of worked out. But it took a little bit of time. You're right. And that could be Miami, but, you know, Jimmy's on a timeline, right? And they got to, you know, they got to work quickly. So you got to be sure about who you sign, which is what my thing with, with Laurie Marketing was, you know, I think he's having a great year, and I'm really happy for him. But I don't think anybody really knew that he was going to do that, at least to this extent. And if you pay for a guy like Laurie Marketing, you need to be a hundred percent sure that he's going to be the guy. Cause if he's not, you're stuck with that. Like they are with Duncan, yeah. mm-hmm. like they were sure on Duncan and it didn't work out the way that they thought. And now they're stuck with it because that's a negative value contract right now. And well, to your point though, you have Gabe and max decisions coming up. So like, this is a, a big season for a lot of those question marks because you value those guys, but at what, at what, salary ranges you know and for how many years and 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 what does the market dictate i i've heard pretty strong indications that they want to uh avoid the tax not only this season but if they can in in future seasons they want to see what the cap spike does they want to see what um obviously yeah the the revenue splits there's just there's a lot of stuff uh, with the new tv deal etc so um it, it is interesting when you talk about like looking ahead and the guys that they trade for and do you sacrifice assets? I know that fans love us to go down the trade Avenue. So that's why we did want to dedicate some of this time to talking about Kuzma as a fit since he spent um, Thanksgiving in Miami uh, before we dive into the rest of the show and, and uh, discuss not only Kyle Kuzma, but uh, a few other guys, um, around the league that maybe could help and, and, and just kind of talk about this team at the 20 game mark. I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network and it's prize picks, my favorite daily fantasy uh, app. I play it every single day. It's daily fantasy made easy. You use the code five F I V E. You'll remember it five on the floor, five reason sports, use the code five. You'll get your deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. It's super easy. Y'all you pick your favorite sports, pick your favorite stars, choose the stats that make sense to you and you choose over or under the more players you put together on what's called a card and you get correct you can win up to 10 times your money sometimes they multiply the amounts that you can win but you got to use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars again that's prize picks great on desktop great app um it's the fastest growing platform uh you know fantasy wise on planet earth right now so go to prize picks and use the code five to have your deposit matched up to a hundred dollars save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Um, so Kuzma 
is one trade target. And I, I we're not going to spend a ton of time here, but uh, we very efficiently moved through the Washington game. I almost feel like maybe we didn't give enough credit to that victory because they did gut one out. Um, so feel free to jump in with spontaneous Wizards heat takes from this game. But along the lines of Kuzma, you've always been a big fan of Harrison Barnes as like a fit here, as a player that could come in and really impact. So I put you on the spot and I ask, do you sacrifice an asset and the tradable contracts they have a Duncan Deadman and, and picks kind of situation for a Harrison Barnes? Who do you think is good enough for the heat to make that kind of move as we, um, this is going to bleed into the 20 game conversations, but I'd just love to hear the names that you think are relevant in that conversation. And if there are even any. So, you know, real quick on the Washington game to kind of, to kind of bookend that, you know, they played a really, really close game in Toronto where Jimmy was clearly hurt and they got, they eked out like a, a, an, a, an almost win. They go into Washington, you know, without anybody and they get into overtime. They ran out of gas. Cleveland bops them. That's fine. Good team on the road without anybody. Go to Minnesota, almost win again. And, and then, you know, obviously the home games. And what I want to, and then what happened, you know, with, with these last Washington games. What I want to say is like those were gutty heat performances and that's the most heat like they've been all year. And I think in the Phoenix game and to an extent, the blazer game, both of them, except for the collapse. Cause I, I thought they were really good in that, that blazer game before the fourth quarter happened. Um, and they abandoned kind of what worked for them, but just to kind of bookend this kind of stretch, cause it looks like Jimmy's coming back on the horizon last year, they were winning those games on the road against really, really good teams. And I think just the general level of the role guys kind of going down. I think Kyle shooting, you know, I'm a big Kyle guy and I, I think he's played fantastic this stretch. And it's really sad for me that they haven't picked up more wins because they have certainly played well enough to win a couple of those games. And he played incredible to keep them competitive and in those games. And really could have, if a couple of things go different, we could be looking at the wrong way, but his shooting at the rim is at 45%. That's just not good enough. Last year was at 69. Nice. Um, and <laughs> that, that to me, Leif, it's a big, is, it's a big dip. It's a big dip and they need him to be some sort of threat there. He is drawing help. I had a conversation with Ethan on uh, our post game show hangover time where we had a, a long debate about Kyle, but I think he's kind of proven in this stretch. He still draws help on the drive. He could still get their offense in gear. And I think they've looked, you know, recognizable as an NBA team, even with, not a lot of NBA talent and he's had to play a gajillion minutes and you know, his, and his durability the last two seasons has also been pretty remarkable. So I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to that, that stretch and how well he had played and kind of how disappointed I was that they couldn't pick up a win or two. Cause I thought they certainly deserved it, but about Harry B my man, Harrison Barnes shooting 29% this year from three. Oh, muy, muy, muy malo. Not very good. Uh, no bueno, but you know, during the win streak, he was like back up to 40 during that stretch. I do think he's still the ideal guy because you want somebody who can give you a little bit of juice on the drive. You want somebody who can still switch while not being like this all NBA defender, you know, a still guy who can get a body, be physical, give some fouls, get you to the free throw line, which I do think this team needs a little bit more of because really it's very sporadic other than Jimmy and bam. And I do think they need another kind of consistent free throw getter. So he's a guy that I love the fit I'm a little worried. Cause again, the shooting numbers are down. You shouldn't think 
He's shooting sixty percent from three. He's shooting sixty percent from two. I mean, uh, which is really good. It's a career high for him. So you know, from two, he's he's killing it. From three during the win streak, he's getting these numbers back up. Look, listen, he shot he shot thirty nine percent for like five or six straight seasons. He's a really good three point shooter on volume. So I, I you're giving this, up picks. You're giving up the twenty twenty three pick. I'll give up a. I would have last year for sure because I thought last year they were. But like, you're flinching good. now, which now is I interesting because it shows the context and the conundrum that the Heat organization is in because you're not the only one who I believe is now flinching at a deal that maybe would have been a no-brainer last year. To so your point. With him specifically, though, I'm more inclined to do it because his contract expires when Bam's, when uh, when Kyle's and Jimmy's uh, does. Uh, so it works out for their cap, right? Because then you get Kyle off the books, you get uh, and, and his number's declining. So you get his Kyle off the books, you get Harrison off the books, and then Jimmy's extension kicks in. So you can, not that you're going to get cap space, but you'll have wiggle room within operating over the cap, which I like for them. Um, but I think by February or by late January, we'll have a better idea how close they are. And I will remind everybody, the you know, they traded for Iguodala and Crowder, and I didn't understand the deal. They traded Justice, who I loved, and it just made no sense at the time. And I was like, this team is not close to contending. They're like a five seed. And the last game before the pandemic, they got embarrassed at home by Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, and then they made the finals. So, you know, never say that you're not too close because sometimes a couple things need to go your way and you play for a shot in the NBA finals. And I think they've pretty consistently shown that they can do that. And I think for a lot of people who really like to poo-poo management over here, I think they've shown pretty consistently that they know what they're doing, and I trust their judgment. And the few times that they have made poor judgment calls, they have always gone up out of it. Listen, Hassan, Jay Rich became Jimmy Butler, and minus one first-round pick, but uh, you know they traded James Johnson and Winslow for you know Iguodala and Crowder. You know, Olenek helped them make the finals, and they eventually got off of that deal anyway. So they always they always find a way and they always get stuff back that helps them. So I wouldn't be, you know, I, I trust them in the long term. Look at G with the guts. That's just beautiful stuff right there. I could not have articulated any of that better. I actually think that the that this team can probably make a move. This I don't know that Ethan agrees with me on this. But I think that they can actually make a move without necessarily including a first round draft pick um, like with Duncan Deadman. Um, but it may involve picking Max or Gabe and, and seeing what they could do there. See, but uh, that's smart, Leif, because if they do that, they, could, they don't have to frame it as we're, we're punting on this guy. They're, they're saying we're not going to pay him and we're going to get us something that can help us today. Yeah, exactly. Which is the smart thing, which is actually the smart thing to do and not trade Max for like the 30th pick in the first round. Agreed. Somebody who can help now. Yes. So I, I, but who knows? Maybe it'll be the pick, but I do think that they are uh, to be trusted. And I appreciate you breaking it down like that on this episode because Hold on. chat we- saying Harry B is cringe. Listen, light years podcast coined that. Okay. They're the OGs of warrior Twitter. They coined, they, they coined Harry B and Harry, and Harry hates it from what I hear. He don't like it. So he thinks it's cringe too. 
Uh, I'm glad that you're looking at the chat. I need to get better about reading the chat. I apologize, y'all. I'm so used to doing these shows without being live. And, you know, we do these live post-game shows now. I'm still... Uh, oh, it's get- tough, man. I'm, I'm, I've been doing it for a while now, and I still... And my chat, my chat's like, they always rag on me, and it's funny, but sometimes you just get... You know, you're talking with your... Fr- Listen, we're talking with our friends at the end of the day. Like, we this do these true. shows. So it's tough to, like, kind of peek over, like, what's what's going on over here? Manny, what throw some comments up. If if there's any super chats that came through, they go first. But obviously, any comments, questions, throw them out at us. We'll take a few of those before we close up shop. What's a package for Kuzma look like? What's he make this year? Um I, I'm on it, baby. I'm loading up the spo track right now. So he signed three years for 39 million. He's at 13 this he's at 13 million this year. Okay. Next year he's uh next year's his player option, which he I don't know if he'll probably decline that. He'll probably get more, especially with the cap spike coming. So, you know, probably a rental for this year, which honestly, is, it's not bad. I mean, I think so Duncan, Duncan Duncan gets that done, yeah. but yeah. I don't – I yeah, you would need to attach an asset for Washington to take that. Agreed. They're weird, Leif, though, because, like, they're still doing that – you know, they're like, the, they're like your friend in a relationship – that like even though you know the relationship's over they're still like going to like their partner's place for thanksgiving and you're like what what are you doing over there and they're like oh you know like their partner invited me and oh you know they're cooking vegetarian for me so i have to go and that's what they're doing with with beal yeah Yeah, it's like you're not we know that this is over and it's just so it's like are they really you know like are you really like giving the dog up for adoption or something like you know are you you selling the car that yeah yeah so it's like, you know, are, are you selling your car that you guys drive to get like, what are you doing? So, you know, uh, let's call Kuzma the proverbial car here. I don't know if they want to get off of him, but maybe they want to extend him. It's not the worst thing to get. Him. So I, I'm, I'm surprised that Washington wants to move him considering, you know, whatever that's going on over there. And they're leading the division. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, mean, but the heater, the heater nine and 11, they're coming for him. When was the last time Washington won the division? How many presidencies ago? Uh, it had to be an arenas. It had to be the Bush admi- administration, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to think back to that. That's um, a long time, man. That's a, th- those people, oof, this division's stinky. <laughs> we, we, Manny, any other up. questions, comments we can react to? We're like the Patriots of this division. We own it. Is there but a better we don't analog? Do, we don't, I don't like, we don't cheat, I don't like the I don't like the Patriots. Is there a better analog? I don't know if anybody else is. So Alan Peter Kuyathanos says, fingers crossed Kyle plays more like this and the last game the rest of the season. Listen, in the month of November, he's averaging 41 minutes a game and he is balling. And uh, that's an 11 game stretch. I'd be interested to, to look at his at the rim numbers in just the month of November. Uh, maybe post show, I'll pick your brain for that information. G. Um, I think he can play like this. I've been really impressed. He's been their most, absolutely their most reliable player. Uh, and I did not expect to say that. So I uh, am happy that I was really tough on Kyle to start the season really tough on him. Um, and I think that he has completely shut me up and that's a good development because if everyone else comes together and he's playing well, I feel like that's what can take this team above and beyond. So, um, so I'm happy to eat my words on Kyle Lowry and you see G dancing over here. So I don't think he even needs to speak on it. Uh, he's waxed enough poetic uh, for on Kyle Lowry. Um, I, I, I for sure think he, he can keep this up. I, I don't, I think the shooting, you know, he's shooting about 37% on the year. 
which, you know, he shot 38 last year. I, I think that's good enough. And I yeah, think, and, and when he came here, I said, if he can give you between 36 and 38 at the volume that he's done it, I think that gets it done. I think he shows you that he kind of reminds me of Shaq in a way where Shaq's, you know, where Shaq would say, I'll make the free throws that count. <laughs> yeah. Like, he'll, and he'll he does like the games account <laughs> that, that three that he hit when he got fouled, that Jeez. was enormous. And I think he's pretty consistently kind of hit the big shots when he has to. And I think in the run of play, what I love about him is how you don't really know when he's going to pull up. He's either like very trigger happy or he's like an overpasser. And I think the, the, the pressure as a defender of, I don't know what guy I'm going to get when he comes off the screen. I think that's incredibly helpful. And that's why you see a lot of times he'll come off a screen and the guy is already hedging in because he doesn't want to get Kyle into the paint because he is a, still a very, very good passer. And that's how he get those wide open threes coming off of coming off of picks, even with a roll man. So I think that this this time away from Jimmy has honestly helped him, has helped him settle into the game that he wants to play. He's just looked happier. Vibes are good, even though they've like not like been winning. I think the general vibes of the team, they look good. They're running a lot. They're playing very, very quick, giddy-up offense. Shout-out to Eric Reed. So <laughs> I, I, I do think that what he's doing is sustainable. I think this is kind of the guy that I'm used to seeing. The only thing is those numbers at the rim, and I've been watching that all season. That hasn't budged, um, so that needs to go up. He's in the third percentile for his position. That is like abysmal. Uh, shout out to Jamal Whaley with the dollar ninety nine donation. He says Greg has turned Kuz into a heat killer. So on our off the floor subscription feed, I said Kyle Kuzma is not that guy. I do not want to trade for him. This was like in the early first quarter of this uh two-game home set with Washington, and then he went crazy, proceeded to go crazy in the two games. So uh, I'll take that one. Uh good call. Um, also want to, uh, shout out Frampton Hendricks in the comments from Manila, uh, says the Miami heat are a very dangerous team. Go heat. Uh, thank you for checking us out all the way from, uh, across the globe. And, um, so final thoughts as we close here, they're going out on the road. Who else do they have? So I know they go Atlanta and then we're, we're doing the Boston. Is it the two games in Boston thing? Um, bear with me here. Yes, it's the two games in Boston and then at Memphis before they come back for three at home against Detroit, the Clippers in San Antonio. Uh, so predictions for the three game for the four game trip, G, before we close here. So that's Atlanta, two in Boston and Memphis. How you feeling about when they come home on December the 6th, where they're going to be looking from a record perspective? It's kind of it's kind of tough because, you know, if if it's with Jimmy. You know, I think, I think they can. This may be blasphemous to say, but if if they're whole, I could see them going like you know they could win three games on that trip, right? Ooh. I I think so, and I I think, you know, I think I do. Nate, do you remember 2020-2021 season? That season reeked. Yeah, they got the they, without Jimmy. They got they had the back to back against Milwaukee at home, and they got like thumped by like thirty. <laughs> That's true. Then they came back the next day. And Gogi, shout out to Gogi, Heat legend, and they ran Milwaukee out of the gym. And we know how that season ended. There's a pride thing with them. And I think that one of those Boston games, we're gonna get, get. a yeah. we're gonna get a pride thing from them. Like we we we're better, we were better than you, and we you didn't deserve that. And if our Hall of Fame point guards 
future Hall of Fame point guard's hamstring didn't explode, and if Max Struess's lower body didn't stop working, and if Tyler's lower body didn't stop working, we're probably in the finals, and you know we're making fun of you and Brad Stevens and and everything that's happening. So I'm pretty sure I'd I'd bet a lot that they're going to split those. Um, didn't Atlanta just blow like a huge lead tonight? You know, um, I don't yeah. know. They feel they feel well, like Atlanta just lost to Houston, who's four and fourteen before that game. And to your point, Memphis has been up and down too, so it'll be interesting there. Uh, the Me- Me- Memphis they got a victory against New Orleans tonight, and they're always tough. But uh, Miami's played Memphis like really well historically. Like, it's funny because that seems like the team on paper that is like oh young zippy team. Yeah. And for some reason, didn't they sweep Memphis last year? Uh-huh. Oh no, I don't remember. But I know that they won at Memphis. I, for sure, they won at Memphis. That was a really big game for them, and uh, that was without Jimmy. And I was thinking, well, that's a wrap. But you know, they they they've kind of shown they have like problems. Like they haven't been the Kings in like years, and the Timberwolves. They're weird, bro. They just have yeah. like weird. But you know, they beat the damn Warriors like you know every year. So I don't know. They're weird. Yeah, I'm thinking two and two. That's what we're hoping for. We're happy that we came to you tonight. Uh, coming off of Miami Heat victory, that's two division foes, the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Wizards that have came to Miami, played two games in Miami, and lost both. And so that, I think, uh, that resolve is, it's not easy to do that. So to me, I'm taking that as a positive. The Miami Heat improved to 9-11. and 11. We will see how they do on this road trip. If they get to... Uh, on the trip, I'm feeling like they're just they're they're stemming the tide. Let's just get to January before they can evaluate the roster further. But we appreciate you joining us. G, thank you for hopping on. You have an open invitation on any of these post-game shows along with me. Check out him on Miami Heat Beat. Check out Hangover Time. Alpha's over there hosting that. Um, so definitely uh those that is the family over there uh signing off. Thank you, Manny Chang on the ones and twos. Have a great night. Let's go heat. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.